I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Today, we welcome Ben Standing from The Athletic to the show. Ben, how are you? Hey, Doug. I'm, I'm okay. How about yourself? Good. Thank you for some time today. Uh, ben, I was curious, is there any way possible to prepare yourself for a Doc Walker segment in the morning, or does that just take reps like a quarterback? <laughs> uh, it does kind of take reps. It's not the, it's not a conventional interview. Doc has his own uh, his own way, his own beats, kind of uh, – it's it's more of a conversation rather than a Q and A. So yes, it takes it takes a little time to uh, to get used to it. But uh, but Doc is the best. They're entertaining, no doubt. Uh, ben, two weeks ago, it seemed like we were the healthiest team in the league. It doesn't feel like that today. What was the latest uh, out of Ashburn on the injuries? Well, uh, Chase Young is out, but that's not surprising based on where we've been all week. Uh, with the groin injury, plus uh, Ron Rivera seems to be pretty conservative with injuries. So, kind of figured if you're going to be, if you're going to claim you're not using timeouts late in the game to sort of deal with the last five minutes, then you probably are not going to, you know, w- push this prize rookie to play 60 minutes, not to mention, you know, fight through practice to get ready. So, not a big, not a, not a surprise there. Uh, Steven Sims also out, though. I mean, he hasn't practiced all week. So, Based on that, it gets not a surprise, but nonetheless, he did play last week. So uh, Rivera said a little bit of a setback there. And uh, Cole, Cole Holcomb out, third straight game for him. And then Terry McLaurin is questionable with his thigh injury. I don't even want to think about what this offense looks like. If he's not going, uh, I'm not, we'll, we'll have to see about that one. You know, questionable is definitely not out. But uh, yeah, that, some, some, uh, th- that, that would be a huge blow to say the least if he's out. Also, I guess. Bryce Love went on IR today. He hasn't hasn't been active for a game. Rivera said it was just a short-term thing, some swelling in the knee. So they'll get him some work on the side uh, and go from there. The big one is McLaurin. A hamstring is not good for a runner. Uh, he did miss a couple games last year, didn't he? Was that with the hamstring? Uh, I don't remember what happened yesterday, let alone last year, but I don't think it was <laughs> – I don't think it was the – uh, so no, I don't I don't think so. But yeah, I mean it's notable he did miss a couple games last year. They were kind of one-off games in different parts of the of the schedule. So I don't think it was necessarily a correlation. But yeah, something to you know if he do, if he does miss a road game here, something to keep a note going forward for sure. Uh, who do you think gets the snaps for Sims on Sunday? Well, I mean Isaiah Wright was the one who played a bunch more against uh, the Browns. So presumably he would stay in that, in that role. Um, and, uh, you know, Gandy Golden didn't actually have a catch last week, but had that good reverse. So I guess he would be in the mix. I personally would like to see Cam Sims get some more work in the passing game, but, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. But Isaiah Wright, you know, seemed to have a prominent role last week with that Stephen Sims and, you know, did some good things. He's got really good size. Uh, so interesting there. I, I, one thing I wonder with him though, is during training camp, he was, uh, the, the three guys who are in the in the mix for the punt return job, Trey Quinn, who's not on the team anymore, Steven Sims, who's out, and Isaiah Wright. So if you stick Isaiah Wright back there, then I wonder, you know, do you 
do you, do you sort of minimize – give him a lesser role on offense? Um, so we'll see. I mean, they have some other options they could go with in, in the punt returner, but that's just something to keep an eye on. Um, I read your article in The Athletic today. Uh, towards the end, you were talking about the holding penalties being down. I was curious about that because it's not like they didn't have a great line coach last year. What are the differences between them that you think might have led to that? Well, I think somebody, and I didn't, I did not mention in this article, but I believe um, that holding penalties are just in general or down around the league. So, you know, holding is such a weird call. There's a holding on every play, and sometimes they call it, sometimes they don't. I don't know if there's a, if there's, any, if they're using any tricks to sort of cover some things up, or they've gotten, they've skated, or they just, you know, have gotten a little bit, uh, a little bit better at it. I mean, Morgan Moses was a big. Uh, <laughs> What was a big culprit last year? He had, he's had one so far this year, but you know, by and large, he's been pretty good overall. Um, so you know, look if you're if you're doing a good job blocking, you don't have to hold as easily, right? So it could just be simple as that in his case. And uh, you know, the rest of it, I don't know. Probably it's a little bit of luck, like I said. But for whatever the reason, um, you know, that that seems to be uh, working out right. Where have they been um, practicing, uh, Charles? At at uh, tackler guard. Uh, I mean, from what we see, he hasn't been practicing really at all. So, I mean, we only see very oh, okay. limited amount of work. Um, he's, you know, last week he was on the bike a bunch. So, uh, you know, in theory, I would imagine tackles where they're going to still work him out, um, even with Brandon Sheriff out. I, you know, unless, unless there's a long-term play with Charles at guard, I think you want him to learn one position and kind of move forward. There has been talk, not necessarily from the team, but just generally about that fact that maybe he is a long-term best fit at at guard and look if Jaron Christian, who's been pretty solid the last couple of games, if, if they think he is ultimately the answer, then maybe you take Charles and, and 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 ponder that. But for now, I think tackle is the play, and you know you just kind of have to move forward from there. Yeah, I guess I thought he was doing more in practice than that. Um, I talked to Quincy Avery yesterday, who uh, works with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, about the performance, he said at the beginning of that Browns game, like I think we all did, that Haskins was in line for his best game in the pros. Uh, he has not been consistent so far. But if you move on from Haskins, then I wonder what was the point of not bringing in somebody like you know, Cam? So they're not really going to move on from him early in the season, are they? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. I kind of made that same point today on, on the, on the radio, the it's all, you know, I know people have no patience and I understand some people may think Dwayne Haskins ultimately is not going to get, get it done. And, and maybe that's an accurate uh, view, but at the same point, there's only three games, they're only three games into the season. Like you said, if um, you know, if you were going to, if you were willing to view, to throw him over this quick, why wouldn't you then have, Gone with a a, a a better veteran quarterback than than Kyle Allen as, as the other option, so it doesn't make a lot of sense. The, the only thing would be if they somehow. I mean, again, obviously they're a thirteen point underdog against the Ravens. If you somehow though win this game or maybe win the game next week against the Rams and do it like in a thirteen ten way where the defense steps up and the offense is getting you nowhere, you know, at some point maybe you have to consider where are we at. Uh, you know, I think one thing I think when people talk about switching to a different quarterback, it isn't just simply they think the other quarterback is the answer. It could just be the other quarterback gives you a better chance to run the offense as you wish. And that gets Scott Turner's system um, in, in, you know, going. It, it gets the other people uh, doing their jobs 
in, in a more efficient way. And then hopefully, you know, allows them to see what, see what this team can do. So I don't think it's, um, I, 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 it doesn't make sense to me that you would sit Haskins at this point, but I also think at some point you may have to consider both the division and then, and then also if you just don't think he's allowing you to run your attack the way you want, what else can you do? And that's a great point, but I don't think he's been that bad that you haven't been able to see what the offense should be. Um, Ben, I saw that uh, Fabian Moreau was one of the highest graded quarterbacks in the first two games, not one snap last week. What am I missing with Moreau that the coaching staff just doesn't see? Well, that was a pro football focuses rating. So, you know, that's their view, not necessarily the teams. Um, That's fair. That, that said, I mean, I, I, you know, I thought Moreau just, you know, last year when he moved to the outside, I thought he was pretty solid. Uh, You know, look, they did sign Kendall Fuller. I think Ronald Darby has looked pretty good. And, you know, I think Cameron Curl has been a big surprise so far that they, they clearly like what he can do. And that, you know, Jimmy Moreland playing over Moreau, you know, I guess that's not a total surprise, but, Cameron Curl effectively has the fourth corner. I think that is a bit of a, a bit of a stunner that they like what he's doing. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I am surprised that Moreau got zero snaps, not because of the pro football focus rating, but just because I think he seems like a pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting player. But, um, you know, look, it, it, you know, things happen, injuries, all, all that stuff. So I imagine he eventually works his way back in there. But, yeah, it's interesting right now that that he didn't get uh, on the field more or at all last week. Uh, I know that the coaches have, the coach said that he's learned some things from the Carolina rebuild and that he has a plan in regards to the final minutes of the game. You brought that up earlier. It started to get national attention. Has the coach said anything more about – the plan at the end of the games and, and what he's what, what the objective is there. You mean with the timeouts? Yeah. I mean, uh, same thing he said two weeks in a row that basically he's taking a long view. He's worried about injuries. And, um, you know, he, he's kind of hinted at being realistic at the situation that they're both games. They were down two scores um, and that, um, you know, he didn't say that they couldn't come back. But, you know, you sort of can hint at that. But look, I, I, I don't I kind of understand where he's coming from. Uh, in a certain sense, to me, I've said this for months. This whole season, for them, is under under a new coaching staff, under these crazy conditions with the pandemic and everything, is it's about setting the expectations and building a baseline for what this team will be going forward. The, the, you know, trying to win every single game it means you start making decisions and choices that are about the short term, not the long term. Now, it is incredibly odd to see a coach. When you when you preach to your players all the time, play to the final whistle to then not play to the final play games to the final whistle, essentially. But I do kind of understand why he's thinking this way. It is just very odd to our to our senses based on how we viewed these sports all the time. And then there's some other little things like if you're really going to play this way, why aren't you just kneeling the ball when you get it back on offense? Why are you giving Peyton Barber any touches or why are starters on the field and things like that? But I kind of get it. But at some point you do have to wonder. Uh, how long can you really keep this going? Has has anybody asked him if his cancer scare has had anything to do with the way he views the injuries or any of that, or is that if that's that has nothing to do with this? Uh, I mean, I don't think that has anything to do with it. He said he has done this before uh, in uh, in Carolina, so this is not a new. Uh, thing for him, I, I would imagine in week two when the first happened, 
that was a that was that NFL week when there was an insane amount of injuries. Saquon Barkley and others, a bunch of San Francisco 49ers went down and and, and Washington played a late game that day. So maybe there was something to that. Plus, they did lose Brandon Sheriff in that game. This week they lose Chase Young. So it is fresh of mind. And you know, maybe it's a borderline situation for him. But once these injuries are piling up, he's like, ah, eh, you know what? The hell with this. We're we're gonna we're gonna go down this route. So like I said, I, I kind of get it. It's just it's just super awkward and weird, no, no without question. All right, Ben, we play over-under on Fridays. You ready? Let's go. All right, we'll put the number for Haskins passing yards at 200. And by the way, that number comes down weekly, so 200 this week. Well, part of me wants to go over from like a garbage time perspective. If I viewed it as a straight game, I would say under, but if we're going to talk garbage time, I'll, I'll go over and say that, you know, he's throwing a lot in the second half. Total yards for Haskins at 250. Including rushing? That's right. Uh, I'll go under on that one. Uh, Antonio Gibson, 100 rushing yards. Uh, definitely go under. I mean, I, I just don't – it doesn't look like they're giving him enough workload. I mean, look, if he, he he's capable of busting a 60-yard run at any minute and he's breaking a ton of tackles, but, I mean, I you know, in a standard situation, he's not going to – it doesn't seem like he's going to have the workload. So I, I'll go I'll go under on that one. Assuming that McLaurin plays, let's put the number at 95 receiving yards. Um. You know, he's doing a great job running after the catch. And, you know, he's obviously a tremendous talent. I'm a big fan. And and Baltimore, you know, I don't think their secondary has been as sharp as you would hope based on the, the talent they have. But they do have a lot of strong pieces. And obviously McLaurin is the one guy to, to, to pay attention to, even more so with Sims out. So if he plays, I, I'll, I'll go under. But, you know, he's obviously capable of busting out big play whenever. The fan base is begging for more running back targets. We'll put the number at 10 this week. Um, well, I, I have, I'm, I got to go under on that one. I mean, that would infer since Peyton Barber is basically now playing that McKissick and, and Gibson get a red five each. That, that seems fairly aggressive based on what we've seen. I mean, I thought the running backs would be getting more targets than we've seen, but I, I'm going to go under on that one. Will the team bang with the Ravens? And in that case, do you think Barber gets over seven carries? I don't know if he gets seven snaps, so I'm going to go under on Barber. I mean, yes, I get it. At the end of the day, end of the game, he could just be getting touches, but I, I'm going to I'm going to go under on that one. You brought him up earlier. He has been impressive. Let's put the number of snaps for Cameron Curl at 10. Uh, he had 13 last week, which was a lower – I think it was 13 last week, so, which was a lower number than he had been seeing. But that was because uh, you had uh, Kendall Fuller back. I don't see why it would go down. So uh, give me give me the over on that one. All right. Uh, Ravens rushing yards at 155. Ravens rushing yards 155. Uh, if we're factoring in Lamar on that, I'll, I'll go over. They're definitely going to try to establish the run with uh, Mark Ingram and uh, and Dobbins. Plus Lamar, 
you know, I mean, Washington's been okay against the run, and they obviously still have a good line. But, you know, last week they, they, they kind of faded as the game went on, um, in, in part, I would imagine, because of those injuries to Chase Young and Matt Ioannidis. Both of those guys are out. Obviously, Ioannidis out for the year. So I'm going to say the Ravens, uh, that's a big number, but I'll go over. I just think that they're going to, you know, run the ball a lot, especially in the second half if they have the lead. If Washington has any chance of winning, they'll need to take the ball away. Uh, two takeaways. Let's put the number one and a half. Oh, um, I, I'll go optimistic and say over. I mean, you know, somebody can cough up a fumble and, you know, uh, you know, they've been some, you know, they've been, they've been able to make, make some plays. So I'll, I'll go over, but yeah, I mean, I still would probably guess they lose the turnover battle, but uh, I'll go over. Well, one last question about the defensive line. Is James Smith-Williams next in line to see a bump in snaps? They, they like his athletic upside, don't they? Yeah, they like him. I mean, I would say Tim Settle is the guy who's going to get the most extra work based on Ioannidis out. And then without Chase Young, you would I would think that um, um, uh, Nate Orchard probably gets, uh, gets a play. I mean, you know, Ryan Kerrigan probably sees some more work as well, but – um, I mean, I think Smith Williams is, is, is will be active and involved, but I mean, I would picture him being behind those other guys. So, not not suggesting he can't have a role going forward, but you know, I I think I think Settle is going to end up being the third guy in that defensive tackle rotation, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, Nate Orchard moves up a bit. All right, Ben, who you got on Sunday? You want to give us a score prediction? Well, I mean, um, I'm—I'll probably jinx myself. I'm three and zero this year, picking the, the 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 result and the spread on Washington's games this year. I had them beating Philly uh, in Week One. I don't feel look if, if the if the Ravens are hungover from what that happened to them last week against Kansas City, and they just kind of come out flat and look past a Washington team that they're favored by 13 points against on the road, then I guess anything's possible. But you know, in general, the Ravens are just you know far more talented than Washington, even if at full strength. So it's a ridiculous number to give at home. But, you know, the, the defense has, has still allowed or, – or the other opponent has scored at least 30 points in two straight games. I, I'm going to guess the Ravens make it three. So give me something like, you know, 34-17 uh, Baltimore. Uh, and I'll take Baltimore 33-24 uh, which could still win you your parlay. So you got that. Uh, it's He's at Ben Standing on Twitter. He writes for The Athletic. Ben, The Athletic is still doing the $1 per month. Are you guys giving the stuff away or what? <laughs> apparently apparently we are. The bosses have uh, decided this is what they want to be at for, for a minute here. So I think it is going on for another couple of days. Um, I had the, You mentioned a notebook I had up today, and I've had a bunch of other articles up over the last – a uh, week or two, uh, I did a profile on kind of Chris Cooley, where he's at these days. Uh, I did a, a bigger piece about Alex Smith, kind of from the view of Urban Meyer and the quarterback tree he has and talked to Tim Tebow and others. So some good stuff from me and my colleagues that you can get. Yeah, pick, just click on any of my articles and uh, you should get the option for the dollar and definitely appreciate everybody's interest in the athletic. It, it's really been a fun ride, so I appreciate it. By the way, just an aside, that Alex Smith piece with uh... – about Urban Meyer and what he saw in quarterbacks was excellent. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Ben, thank you for the time. Ben Standig, everybody.